We do have one. We're so glad you're here. Tonight's a really special night. Um, it's a night to reflect on some of our graduates that have graduated from our schools that we have here and, and others who have graduated from colleges and stuff, and we're going to honor them tonight. But we're also going to hear about camp. Camp is a very special place. Uh, Gene and I were able to go again this year, and I was able to teach. The subject was knowing Jesus, and Bobby's going to give an update on what was taught there and the responses, and you're, you're going to really enjoy this tonight. You're also going to see a great video of camp, and uh, this is such an important aspect of our ministry here. Uh, and many of these students that were there are, are yeah, there they are, <laughs> they're, they're sitting here. We had the greatest time together in the Word. I want to talk about young people who sit and hear the Word of God taught in, what was it, like 100 degrees in that building? And, uh, but sat and had their Bibles open and, and learned, and we had such great discussions afterwards, and so you're going to hear of some of that uh, tonight. And uh, the verse I was thinking about is in several places throughout the Psalms. The psalmist says that we are to tell it to the next generation. I was thinking about that verse this morning um, as I was thinking about the service. You know, everybody wants to tell the next generation, but most of the time they're trying to manipulate the next generation. They want to control the next generation. That's what they're doing in many school systems today, whether that's about abortion or gun laws or whatever else. Or that they're trying to get to that generation. But listen, we tell the next generation of a life-saving message of Jesus Christ. There's nothing better we can tell the next generation that. And so that's always our goal. And that's Aaron and his staff uh, with our student ministries, uh, Crossroads Ministry, is to take this next generation, pour in the truth of God's word into them, because they're the next ones who will bear the next children, be the next church leaders, serve Christ till he has returned. And so um, they are such an important part. And kids, let me say this. We love you. You are a tremendous part of this ministry. Uh, you are not looked down on. You are held up in high regard. And we're very, very proud of you. And we're glad you're here and we want you to continue to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? All right. Make sure you love on kids when you see them in the hallways, okay? All right. Let's pray, and then we'll get this going tonight. Father, thank you for a time to gather and reflect on what you've done this last year with graduates from, from all kinds of grades, all the way from high school to seminary graduates. Lord, we thank you that there are young people and older people studying to know you better and to be able to serve you and teach your truths, Lord. So we thank you for that. We particularly thank you for our student ministry here. We pray that you continue to use that and bless it. And we pray that these young people, these young adults that uh, are knowing you better through the teaching of God's word, that they would allow the gospel to affect their decision making in every area. Marriage and life and school and businesses and all those things, Lord. We pray you'll just raise up another great generation of believers out of this group, Lord. And we thank you for them, Lord. Bless them. Thank you for Aaron and his team and Hayward and all those who work with Crossroad. We thank you for these people who have dedicated their work towards our student ministries. We pray that you would bring much fruit from these ministries. Now, now Lord, bless this night. May all the things we say, do, and sing up here bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good evening, good to see you. My name is Aaron Johnson. If you don't know me, I am the director of youth here at Riverbend. We're already having a great summer, as Pastor Scott mentioned. We've already been to summer camp. We do want to recap a little of that with you tonight. Shannon Fitzgerald made a camp video for us that is tremendous. You might remember last year's video. We've got another one for you tonight. Uh, really looking forward to sharing that with you, just to give you a little taste of summer camp. We like having summer camp at the beginning of the summer because we can build off of it for the rest of the summer in our discipleship. And uh, the summer gives a great time for concentrated fellowship with one another. So uh, I do have flyers of upcoming youth events. If you're interested in having one of those and don't have it already, see me tonight. Maybe after the service, I'd be glad to give you one. I also want to advertise a little bit something that I just started to use recently. It's called the Band app. Uh, it's a simple private app that we can use just to share information about upcoming youth events, et cetera, with you. If you're not on the band app with us already, see me. All I need is an email address or your cell phone number, and I can send you a quick invite and get you locked into the band app with us so that we can communicate well with you. We're also excited because uh, just like we do every year, we've had some recent graduates. We've got a handful of high school graduates that we'd like to honor tonight. And we always like to also honor any crossroads uh, adults or other adults within the church that we're aware of that have recently graduated as well. And you'll see a little bit tonight uh, about the fruit of our seminary. 
So we have Christ Theological College or Christ Bible College and Theological Seminary. Uh, first graduating class of seminarians. The college is getting kicked off. So we've got a little taste of that to share with you tonight as well as we've had our first class of graduates. So in just a moment, we're going to share a slideshow with you of some of these graduates. Two of the high school graduates are not with us tonight. Cole Bowman is at the Air Force Academy, just started, which is really exciting. And uh, Lila Masabo is in Hawaii. It's things kids get to do when they graduate. I, I never got to do that. Uh, but I've got a few other high school uh, students with us tonight and, of course, some other graduates as well. But enjoy. Enjoy our slideshow and our video to come later. And uh, we'll be sharing uh, several things with you throughout the night. So enjoy. Thank you. Take the wheel, only way I'm getting to the other side. Days are getting dark, life's a little hard, blinding, but I'm trying not to lose sight. I don't got this, I know you got this. Yeah, and I believe it before I see it. Yeah, I know you're gonna see me through it. If anybody can, you can do it. Gotta know in the trial, in the rain, you're gonna see me Can you can do it? And whenever my heart runs away, you say the day you're gonna see me through. 
that falls Who am I gonna call The one who put it up there in the first place Full scale attack Devil on my back Better lace him up and go put on my game face I don't got this I know you got this Yeah And I believe it Before I see it Yeah I know you're gonna see me Well, these are our graduates, at least the ones that are in town. Some are in Hawaii, living it up. But uh, we're excited. You saw my photo in this. This is the first time I've been in this lineup ever, so it's kind of exciting. But um, I'm going to ask the, our high school graduates to share their first and last name, middle name if you feel like it. Okay. What school they graduated from and what their short-term plans are. And then also the rest of us here, Shane Fitzgerald, you saw on the slideshow, uh, is not here with us. Shane, uh, Hayward will mention that a little bit in a moment, but we've got some fellow seminarian grads here, and we have a word for you tonight as well. Uh, but we'll start with Luke here. So tell us your name, where you graduated from, what your short-term plans are. My name is Luke Doman. I graduated from Riverbend Academy, and I will be attending DSC to finish my AA and plan on transferring to UF for construction management. Hi, my name is Vinaya Mapicheke, and I graduated Riverbend Academy. And I'm planning on continuing my academics at Florida State University, hopefully doing cell and molecular neuroscience, and going to medical school and pursuing neurosurgery. My name is Caitlin McBride. I graduated from Riverbend Academy. I plan on moving to Gainesville in the fall, going to University of Florida, and I will be majoring in nutritional science on a pre-health track. That was her dad, by the way. Um, so I also wanted to speak because as you saw, Shane Fitzgerald is not with us right now. Many of you remember a few weeks ago, he is on the mission field now to Bosnia. And the reason I wanted to mention that is because I want us to be faithful to pray for him. Uh, here's a young man who as soon as he graduated said, I want to go. Wherever God sends me, I want to go. And God opened that door. So I wanted to mention him. He's part of our Crossroads ministry. And so as a church, I want us to be just supportive of him and pray for him. Um, and if you want to reach out to him, please reach, let me know. And I can find a way that you can reach out to him to encourage him. Um, so I want to mention him. But we also have, as you know, the uh, seminary graduates here, which many of you came to the graduation not too long ago. And so we want to have them say a word of encouragement to our church as well. They picked me to talk. So thanks, Matt. <laughs> Uh, actually, we had our graduation ceremony uh, that was tremendous here, and what an encouragement to all of us, I believe, that night, um, and to our families as well. A lot of, you know, obviously our family members gave up a lot to allow us to go through seminary, so that was a great night for all of us. But I think I can speak for all of us as we have not had a corporate opportunity to say thank you to our church family. You have supported us for four years as we went through our seminary track and uh, your prayers and encouragements along the way. We certainly felt them, we're encouraged by them, you uplifted us continually, and there is a rigor to seminary. I wouldn't change a thing. It was a blessing. Uh, it's built within us a ministry work ethic that is tremendous, and the men that went before us to uh, prepare the seminary and to teach through seminary were just an incredible blessing all along the way. And one thing I would like to invite you to do, if you're considering uh, the college, Christ Bible College, or the seminary, Christ Theological Seminary, we want to encourage you in that. If you want to pick our brains about our experience in seminary, we'd love to share that with you and encourage you along the way, give you an idea of what that looks like uh, practically living through uh, that education. Um, but, but also with our, our thanks is uh, we just want to thank those that did labor on our behalf. They shepherded us through the entire time. And uh, what a blessing that is. And to have that tied to the local church is just tremendous. So thank you, Riverbend, for the education that we received here at Christ Theological Seminary. 
Agreed? Sweet. Okay, I didn't say anything in error. All right. Well, we'll continue, and we've got some testimonies to share with you tonight, and uh, we'll transition to summer camp. So enjoy. Hello. My name's Ty Richmond, for those who don't know me, and I'm just going to give a brief summary of what camp was for me. Every year I look forward to camp because it's a time when I'm able to not only soak in good biblical teaching and small groups, but also just get away from the busyness of life. I get to go where I have no responsibilities and the whole week's planned for me, so it's a great vacation along with learning about the Word. This year we left our phones at home also, which allowed me to have even more exclusion and less distractions because you know how distracting they can be at times. And when I left from camp, I did feel pretty physically tired because I didn't get much sleep, but I also felt mentally relaxed, and a good part of that I owe to the teaching and discussions that I got to hear and be a part of. I know the topic of our the session and what we got taught will be covered in detail later, but I just wanted to kind of say a couple things that I got out of it, because it was on knowing Jesus, and that was what was on our camp shirts and everything as well. We walked through several passages in John that brought out who Jesus is and what it means to know him. And, not, and he talked about how it's not just being saved, but also truly knowing Jesus, and that only comes through really digging into the word and getting to know him and have a personal relationship. One thing that stuck with me specifically from the lessons was that once you are confronted with Jesus, you are instantly confronted with your sin, and that confrontation will always lead to a change if he's working on your heart. So even though I'm a professing believer, it still applies to me because it showed me that although I can be confronted by my sin through the Holy Spirit, one of the best ways is to be shown my sin is to compare my actions with the life and the words of Jesus. I loved being able to discuss these things in my small groups because it was with people that are going through a lot of the same things I am. In the end, I walked away encouraged but also convicted of the sins that I need to be put to death. I'm thankful for all the people that helped with camp this year. Thank you. Hello. Again, my name is Vinaya, and as you all just found out, I'm a graduated senior here from the Academy. So, though this may not be my last camp, it will be my last camp as a student, and it was also my first. Considering all of that, you can imagine how special the week was for me. I actually have endless favorites from camp, from our worship circle to the worship throughout the week, before each session, the sessions, to the recreation and the tubing. But to highlight one of my favorite things about camp was the sweet fellowship I was able to participate in. Constantly being able to pour the word into each other, especially with so many people that I knew but didn't really get the chance to get to know. It was wonderful to be able to sit and talk with leaders one-on-one -on -one and to talk with so many of the younger kids and be able to share my own testimony. Another one of my favorite things about camp, which might be a little controversial among my peers, was the no phones rule. I personally enjoyed not having any of the distractions of social media or calls and only having space in my mind for God's word. It really put in perspective for me how much I needed to be thinking about the word and how much I wasn't because of our daily distractions. So it was really nice to be able to escape that and even learn how to incorporate that into my life after camp. And now I wanna give a special thanks to all the people that make camp possible. Mr. Johnson, Mr. Skelly, Mr. Hayward, all the leaders, helpers, and staff. You all serve so faithfully. I mean, to even give an example of how compassionate everyone is, Mr. Gabriel and his kitchen staff went above and beyond each meal to accommodate my food restrictions, and each time when I felt like I was kind of being a bother, they assured me that it was their pleasure. It makes me incredibly proud to be a part of a community that makes every member feel loved. 
And lastly, I wanted to give a thank you to you, our congregation. Thank you for all the support you show the youth ministry through words of encouragement and financials. So many kids this year benefited by going to camp, and it was only possible through your generous donations. Thank you.
So the biggest takeaway I got from that video is that the kids wouldn't clean up, so we put the babies to work, um, which is true. Um, but in all reality, we had a great time, and that video does um, great justice in what happened there. Uh, and again, I know many have said it, but we thank you so much, church family, for uh, for support, uh, not just financially, but uh, praying and being faithful to pray. Many of you had students and kids that were there, and um, as you can see, um, up here joining me tonight is our youth praise band, and I'm so thankful for them. Um, it's interesting when you're in ministry doing this for so long, you come across people who just like being on stage, and uh, we know that that's not what God desires. And so to have young people who have a heart for worship, um, a heart to lead their peers, and also a heart to lead us as a congregation, is it's a sweet thing. Um, and so um, to that end, I want to invite you to stay in church as we worship a little bit together, right? I would be the one to mess up. Keep going. <laughs> that was me. Okay, here we go. together rejoice. Rejoice in what Christ has done. We're crowned 
amazing love that welcomes me the kindness of mercy that bought with blood wholehearted me my soul undeserving oh God you're so Yes, God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. Behold the cross. Behold the cross. H2 hour by hour the dead the sinner saved the work of your power and he's so good yes God sing this together church oh God you're so God, you're so good. Oh God, you're so good. You're so good to me. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good evening. 
camp is a great way to disconnect from the world and get closer to God. An activity that always personally brings myself closer would be the praise and worship. Before every session that Pastor Scott would preach, we would sing worship songs. And I love singing worship songs before hearing a great sermon because it focuses my heart and mind to the teaching. One in particular song that stood out to me before session was Grace on Top of Grace. Grace on Top of Grace always reminds me that no matter what struggle I'm going through, God's grace extends to the lowest points. Just like in the song, I don't deserve grace on top of grace and how grace rescued me. Those phrases alone are truly amazing and awe-inspiring. Grace on top of grace also tied in perfectly to one of Pastor Scott's sermons about Jesus and the woman at the well. Jesus should have nothing to do with her at all, and yet his grace extended to even the sinner who was at the well. We are no different than the woman. We do not deserve God, and his grace still extends to us. Praise and worship does not have to be a huge crowd and loud instruments. My friends and I one night sat by the creek with my ukulele that I brought, and we just sang. There was no large crowd, and we could barely see, but we still were worshiping Christ and what he has done for us. Getting together and worshiping by the creek was a beautiful time, and I will not be forgetting that worship for a long while. Not only do we sing before sessions, but on Thursday night we sat around a bonfire and Hayward brought out his acoustic guitar and everyone just sang worship songs. That is one of my favorite moments of camp. Not just because of the fire or the heat or the fellowship, but because everyone is praising God. The night we were at the bonfire, we sang my favorite worship song, Almost Home. In that song, the phrase, press on toward that blessed shore, praise the Lord, we're almost home will always be in the back of my mind. In everything we do, do it all for the glory of God. God showed me that no matter the struggle, or even if it's the best day of my life, could ever be better than spending eternity with Christ. I was reminded at camp that God will always be here for me in any trial, in any situation, as his grace is actively being shown in me. Psalms 22.3, you are holy enthroned on the praises of your people. Thank you. Hi, I'm Sarah Bolger, and I have the opportunity to go to camp as a leader. One of my highest joys is getting to be involved in discipleship. I love getting little glimpses into the work that God is accomplishing in the hearts of his people. It's also given purpose to some of the difficulties I've walked through as I'm able to relate and give hope to the girls in the midst of their own difficulties. Summer camp provides such a unique opportunity to pursue discipleship. It allows for concentrated and focused time with the students, and conversations are prompted as they're challenged by the word. But these convictions, they're not able to simply walk away from once the service is over. We go into small groups where we're able to discuss it. It's reinforced by verses they can win points from memorizing, and it's talked about in their cabins before they go to sleep. It's a week dedicated to the word of God penetrating their hearts and lives. But with all of that being said, I go into the week fully confident that God intends to accomplish more work in my own heart than the students that I'm trying to pour into. For the weeks leading up to camp, I felt wildly inadequate, insufficient, and unprepared to be discipling. The fears had started to creep in of what if I don't know what to say, or what if the girls don't respond well to me, or what if I just don't know how to help them. And I really had to humble myself before God because what he intends to accomplish is not limited to my capabilities or strengths. As 2 Corinthians 3 tells us, our sufficiency is not in ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God because he has made us sufficient. And he will be faithful to complete the work that he began in the hearts of these students. And if I will just trust him and that his power is made perfect in my weakness, he can use me as a means to accomplish his will and that he will give me the grace to do what he's called me to do. The theme of camp this year was knowing Jesus. This means understanding the difference between only having knowledge of God versus having a personal relationship with him. Walking with the girls through this was especially meaningful to me as I was the youth girl who knew all the right things to say. I knew a lot about God, but my life did not show a genuine love for God. At that time, I was content for my knowledge just to be knowledge. In one of the sessions, we walked through the verses about the woman at the well. We saw Jesus' intentional pursuit of the Samaritan woman, 
and how she sought fulfillment and for her soul to be satisfied through the things of this world. But we know that the only thing this world has to offer us is more brokenness and that she was left still thirsty. And when she was face to face with Jesus, she only wanted her physical needs to be met. She had given so much of herself away to be temporarily satisfied, and she was trying to settle for a lesser satisfaction when Christ was freely offering her a greater one. Yet we see that Christ did not waver in his pursuit of her heart. And through knowing Jesus, her soul and thirst for once and all was satisfied by the living water. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 shows us what it looks like to genuinely love God and for that love to overflow into every aspect of our lives. For God's word to be written so clearly in our hearts and minds that there's no part of our life that's left unchanged by it. Meeting in small groups after each teaching session allowed us to discuss practical ways we can apply and live out what we were taught. Summer camp allows us to spend a week saturated with scripture so that God's word will be evident in all that we do. Good evening. Good evening. By this time, I'm sure that everybody knows what the theme of camp was. What was the theme? Knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus. Absolutely right. And knowing Jesus, I think, is a very, very good theme for camp. Because as many as you know, that knowing Jesus is a central, foundational reality of the Christian life. Knowing Jesus brings salvation, brings peace, brings joy, and it brings what? Purpose. And I want to look at a quick verse real quick from Jesus himself as it pertains to knowing him. And this verse is in John chapter 17, verse 3. And this is before um, Jesus makes his way to the cross, before he's arrested. This is at his high intercessory prayer. And listen to what Jesus has to say. In John 17, 3, Jesus said this, this is eternal life. Now just imagine for a second, if you're with Jesus and you're nearby and he says, this is eternal life, who's listening? Who, who's listening? All hands went up. Agreed. He, this is eternal life. This is what Jesus has to say, that they may know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Notice that this verse does not say, this is eternal life that you may know of Jesus or know of God. But this is eternal life that you would know God. Have a personal relationship with him. Because truly and genuinely, knowing God the Father through Christ the Son brings eternal life. Amen? And at camp, as you heard tonight, many of our youth learned that God desires for all of us to have a fully satisfying and joyful relationship with Jesus. The Apostle John hints at this in John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. He says this, We know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. Jesus came for many reasons, but one of the reasons that he came is so that we can know him personally. So at camp this year, Pastor Scott and our leaders, they taught us what it means to know Jesus. And that's important because this term, knowing Jesus, at times, depending on who you talk to, can be kind of ambiguous. And we want to be clear on what it means to know Jesus. So at camp this year, Pastor Scott and our leaders, they taught us what it means to know Jesus into how to grow our relationship with him. And we were better to understand what it means to have a relationship with Jesus through not one sermon from Pastor Scott, not two sermons from Pastor Scott, 
Not three sermons from Pastor Scott. Not four, but five sermons from Pastor Scott. So if you think um, camp is just sitting around drinking lemonade and licking lollipops, no, it's under the instruction of God's word. Five, and you know Pastor Scott, he doesn't do 30-minute sermons. He does hour sermons, if not longer at times. So five over an hour sermons from Pastor Scott at camp. And we also had six small group discussions with students and leaders. Not only that, we got to meet with students on a regular basis individually, but we also got to have a Q&A with one another. So throughout camp, through many different venues, we learned what it means to know Jesus. And for those who don't know, I just want to be very clear. Knowing Jesus begins with knowing and understanding the person, the character, and the identity of Jesus. And through knowing who Jesus is and what he did for us, this is important, we learn to love Jesus. We learn to trust Jesus in salvation and to trust him in all of life's circumstances, even when we don't understand that's what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. Agreed? And so this overcamp, what we learned from Pastor Scott and many of our leaders, is many of the different characteristics. We learned the characteristics and the identity of Jesus through the Gospel of John. Five sermons on the Gospel of John. And we learned about Jesus is this specifically, that Jesus is God. That is a key distinctive of Orthodox Christianity. All the other world religions say that maybe he's a good person, a good teacher, a good moral leader. But no, no, no. The word in 1 John chapter 1, verse 14 says, the word became flesh. Jesus is God. And how do we know that even for more certainty? Jesus, in John chapter 8, verse 58, called himself what? The I am thus calling himself God. So at camp, we learn definitively and clearly that Jesus is God, and he is impeccable. We also learn that Jesus is holy, and he's also radiant, that he's omnipresent, that he's all-knowing, and even with all those amazing qualities, we learn that Jesus is humble. He's our creator, our sustainer, our ultimate authority, and power over, and has power over the universe. And one of the things that we really honed in on John chapter 19 was this, that Jesus is our sacrificial lamb. And when we looked at Jesus as our sacrificial lamb, the students understood, and we looked at very closely, the intense agony and pain that our God, endured for sinners like us. And through the Gospel of John, God wants us to know without question that Jesus is suffering immensely for the glory of the Father, but for believers, for his elect, for his children, for you and for me. Also at camp, we looked very closely at the acts, the works of Christ. We saw very clearly that Jesus forgives sinners. If our Lord's forgiven sinners, what should we do? Forgive sinners, absolutely. And also we saw and we heard this from some of our other students tonight from John chapter 4. When we saw Jesus and the Samaritan woman, Jesus also knocks down social barriers that separates people. There are no cliques in God's family. We are all brothers and sisters in the Lord serving one another, pointing them to our Savior and our Lord. But also at camp, as we evaluated the works of Christ, we saw this, that Jesus restores us even when we deny him. I'm going to say that again because that's important. That our Savior, when we sin, when we deny him at times, he is at work restoring us. He gives us living water. He gives us everything. He is a Savior that can sympathize with us and can relate to us. And as Pastor Scott and our leaders, they taught us that knowing who Jesus is and what Jesus did ought to lead to significant life change. If this is true, that God left heaven and came to earth and died on a cross, doesn't that deserve a significant response? 
Yes. And we looked very closely at camp at Joseph of Arimathea and what he was willing to give up to protect the body of Christ. And for those who don't know who Joseph of Arimathea was, he's one of the 70 in the council of the Sanhedrin. But Joseph of Arimathea, he risked his career that he worked hard for. He risked his friendships. He risked his status, his wealth, and even possibly his life in order to care for the body of Christ. And looking at that example, I hope for all of our students, and I'm sure it did, prompted us to think, am I taking risks for Jesus? A part of the Christian life is taking risk. It's consistent with the New Testament that you do things that make you uncomfortable because you love Jesus, because you know who he is and what he did on your behalf. That prompts you to do crazy things. Crazy things like tell people about Jesus in public schools. Crazy things like telling people about Jesus in the workplace. Crazy things like being nice to people who are not nice to you. We are radically different and we take risks. Why? Because we know Jesus. And he's impacted our life in a significant way. This is what we learned at camp. Good stuff? Absolutely. And also what we learned at camp is this. Are we willing to do what is right even when the culture is willing to persecute us? Joseph of Arimathea was willing to do what was right even if the culture didn't like what was going on. And I think that is a very pertinent truth to the world that surrounds us today. Also, knowing Jesus means this, that we are motivated because of his work and his character to obey him. It means knowing Jesus means that we are, have energy to serve him. And like I said earlier, it's to trust him even when we don't understand what he's doing. Also at camp, and this is very important, one of the things that we also saw that one of our biggest problems in life as a teenager, as an adult, middle-aged adult, a senior adult, is not the boy. One of our biggest problems is not the boy or the girl. Our biggest problems in life are not our career plans. Our biggest problems in life is not our GPA or where we should go to college. Or the biggest problem in life, ladies and gentlemen, at times is what? Ourselves. Because ourselves, at times, keeps us from fully loving Jesus the way we ought to. Our sin, our selfishness, keeps us from loving Jesus the way we ought to. And our flesh, at times, leads to pridefulness, loneliness. It causes us to spend too much time with earthly pleasures. Our flesh causes us to look on things on screens that we shouldn't look at, to hold grudges. All these things keep us from growing and loving Christ. And the sad reality is this, that these sinful desires can lead us to, not, to deny Jesus in our hearts. And this is very important. Even when we deny Jesus, and I said this earlier, and this is one of the key points of camp, is even in our failures, God seeks to restore us. And we saw this very clearly with Peter. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three. And he denied Jesus three times in a very critical moment when Jesus was being persecuted, struck, and embarrassed. But we see after Jesus died on the cross, after he resurrected, he had an encounter with Jesus, with Peter. And we notice at this in John chapter 21 that there is an exchange between Peter and Jesus after Peter's denial. And I want to read the exchange for you. This is from John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. And we spent a lot of time focusing on this at camp. And this is the exchange between the two. Now, when they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to them, yes, Lord. Yes. And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend to my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to them, shepherd my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend to my sheep. Did you notice for each denial, there is what? Restoration. Every time Peter denied Jesus, Jesus was willing to restore him. And that's so important as we grow in our Christian life as young people and as adults, because the sad reality is, guess what? We're going to mess up. But we serve a gracious, merciful, and kind Savior who's willing to restore us and forgive us even sometimes when we seem unlovable. Isn't that great news? So at camp, we saw through the Gospel of John his character, his identity, and what he does with sinners like us. And a couple more things as we close. I just want to share a couple more thoughts before we dismiss. And I just really want to share things that get me excited about camp, really from a pastor's perspective. And, and I would say this year at camp was a pretty awesome year. And I know a lot of people use that word awesome pretty loosely, but awesome means like really cool. And in this case, camp was really cool. And I want to share four specific reasons why camp was awesome this year. One reason was this. Through the preaching of Christ and his word, we saw students grow in their relationship with Jesus. That's just one reason. Isn't that a great reason? That's a great reason. Okay, that's good. Number two, and this is a really good reason too, we saw by the grace of God several students come to saving faith. Okay, uh, I mean, uh, listen, when someone comes to faith, the scriptures tell us that angels are celebrating in heaven. Like, people got saved at camp. Yeah, okay, good. You're excited, I'm excited. So that was reason number two. Reason number three is this. Life is difficult, and it's pulling on our youth in a lot of unique ways. From temptation, sexual identity, you see the news the, the world's thinking is so much, has changed so significantly in even 10 years. But at camp, we saw students genuinely confess and repent of sin. Number four, and I really like this one, and I'm biased towards this one. We saw students develop a zeal for evangelism. Okay. And that's important. And you might say, how do you know all this? You know, I don't know people's hearts, but I know people's actions. And I know people act a certain way when they're in love with Jesus. Agreed? And we see this in 1 John. People act different when they love Jesus. And some of the things as it pertains to evangelism that I saw at camp that really got me excited is, let me give you a couple examples. During camp, students approach leaders and ask questions like this. How can I share Christ with my mom, with my family, and with my friends. Students in this lost world that we live in today, young people are wanting to share with their family and friends. Also, at camp, we had many students go on a field trip to Bryson City to do street evangelism. People who are crazy in love with Jesus do crazy things like street evangelism. They tell people about Jesus in coffee shops. They approach strangers in casual conversations. Why? Because they're crazy in love with Christ. And it prompts them to take risks for Christ. They can't help but to share about the God that they know. Also at camp, this is after camp, a student called a leader at 10 o'clock at night hungry for advice on how to share Christ with others. Also, in our Q&A, and this is really cool, at our Q&A, our last session, which would have been our sixth section, session, I would say most questions, Pastor Scott, pertain to, go ahead, 
knowing Jesus and how to share the gospel with other people. Because they're learning who Jesus is and they want to share the God that they know with other people and how to have a relationship with them. Isn't that exciting? So this is very important because what we are seeing in some of our youth and our students is that their love for Jesus is driving out fear and creating a boldness to serve Christ. Exciting stuff. And that last thought as we begin to close here in a second to, to our students and, and really to our parents as well, I really just want to encourage you to be intentional in strengthening your relationship with Jesus. I know you think you really know Jesus now, but guess what? You can get to know him even more. And why wouldn't you? He left heaven, died on a cross, resurrected from the dead, gave you eternal life, gives you the opportunity to know him. Guess what? We get to know him even more, and we get to know him even more for all of eternity. Do we want to be diligent in studying his word and rejoicing in knowing Christ? We should. So let me encourage you to keep on doing that, not only for our students, but for our parents. Because parents, you know your children are looking at your example. And what a great example that we can give our kids. But what better example can we give our kids is to love Jesus at home, in the workplace, to have peace in knowing Christ. When our home is upside down, there's a calmness to you. Why? Because you know Jesus and you know he works all things to good for those who love him. You know these things. So students, keep on loving Jesus. He's worth it. Parents, keep on loving Jesus. He's worth it. Give your kids an awesome example. And lastly is this. Volunteers, cooks, group leaders, rec crew, Aaron, Pastor Scott, Pastor Jason, Troy, Hayward, Jim, all of you, we are so grateful for you. A lot of work done behind the scenes that many people in this church will not see. But guess who sees it? The Lord. And through your actions, through your behavior, through your servant mentality, you're showing all those around you that Jesus is worth living for, worth serving. So this zeal and excitement that we have for Christ, let's just not keep it here. Let's bring it out there and show people that we are radically different because we know Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for camp. Thank you for Jesus and that we get to know him. And through knowing Christ, Lord, you grant salvation. We are so grateful for that, Lord. And thank you for all those who participated in camp. And thank you, Lord, for convicting hearts, saving souls, and giving people a zeal to serve you and take risk for your honor and for your glory. I pray that this would not be a one-time thing, but a lifelong commitment to serve you because we get to, Lord. Thank you for this church that invests in the next generation, Lord. And we pray that this next generation, Lord, would share Christ with their community and share Christ with those across the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.